Amen. Why don't we give that to the Lord right now? I know we've done it several times, but he's worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on from your heart. Just give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. Has he been good to you? Has he blessed you? Has anybody got a reason to worship the Lord on a Friday morning? Come on, one more time. Lift your voice to the Lord. Give him praise. We love Amen, amen. And it is so good uh, to be here in the house of the Lord with all of you and appreciate uh, so much uh, the wonderful young people here at Peak. It's always an honor to be here uh, at this Peak Youth Conference. And, uh, but I count it a special honor to be allowed to preach uh, to a group of young people like this. And I was thinking a few minutes ago, this is probably one of the few youth conferences in the world where on Friday morning or after you've had an aggregate of perhaps two hours sleep for the week I can count on being with some people that are going to help me preach this morning have you come to hear the word of the Lord amen and I love and appreciate this group of young people and uh, I, I really, really mean that. Some of the greatest young people in the world are in this place. Your desire for God, for the things of God are evident. And uh, I'm just honored to be here with all of you. Appreciate this youth committee. And these are great guys to work with. Love and appreciate them and uh, their love of truth. And uh, Brother Deeds and all of the, those are involved in that. Amen. The EC, the general council. And uh, just all of the pastors and preachers and evangelists, their wives that are here uh, from all across the apostolic uh, uh, spectrum, we're glad you're here in the house of the Lord. You love your preacher today. Amen. And, uh, and uh, got several family members that are here as well. Um, so good to see my, my dad, I believe my uh, brother Philip and uh, his wife Jennifer. Logan, Tristan, and Riley are here, and my uncle Gary may be here somewhere. If you are, I love you. And uh, Michael and Laura Barrier, Ava, the like family. And uh, then, of course, uh, young people from Rialto, the Church of Rialto, I want you to know I love you. I'm glad you're here. And uh, it feels good to be here in the house of the Lord with you. Amen. And uh, some special guests here with us, uh, Shelly and Alan, and uh, these, this is a couple that I knew when I was about four years old. They were in the Miami church here in Oklahoma, uh, at least Shelly was when she was 12 years old, and I uh, got to meet uh, Alan today, and uh, good to see them here. Wish my wife and kids were here. They are home, and uh, I've got four kids, uh, Trenton seven, Peyton five. Uh, Avalyn almost three and Marilyn almost one and so my wife is at home God bless her juggling all that and probably got a bad spirit about me right now <laughs> no I've got the best wife in the world and uh, I appreciate you baby I think she's listening right now young men listen to me next to the Holy Ghost as the best thing that ever happened to me amen so be looking for the good ones and uh, so thankful for them love and appreciate them haven't we been blessed by the preaching of the word of the lord i'm telling you god has met us here 
he's been good to us. And uh, Brother Looper, Brother Robinson, uh, such tremendous preaching. Then last night, Brother Marks, what an incredible move of the Holy Ghost we've been having around here. I told Brother Joel Buxton last night, I said it was in the, uh, towards the end, the Holy Ghost was here moving and uh, just turning lives inside out, upside down. And uh, no telling what God did last night, but I told Brother Joel Buxton, that's, that's the kind of stuff we were raised in. And that's what made me. And I'm thrilled for what God is doing uh, in this place. I'm looking forward to tonight, Brother Urshan. Amen. Amen. I know you're standing, but I'm ready to preach. I've never been pregnant. But this is about as close to being nine months pregnant that I'll ever feel. I'm ready to deliver this baby. I won't get this baby off my chest. Hallelujah. I'm ready to preach. You ready to preach with a preacher? I feel like God wants to do something. God wants to take this a little bit deeper and further. Amen, amen. And if you have your Bibles, I would like to turn uh, to the book of Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54, beginning with verse uh, number 1. Isaiah 54, verse number 1. And Isaiah says, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. And I like these next couple of verses. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords. Everybody say lengthen. And strengthen thy stakes. Everybody say strengthen. And when you do this, the prophet says, Thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Amen. And I I know the answer. This is definitely a rhetorical question. But is there any young people, youth workers, preachers that are hungry for revival? That want an apostolic, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost revival? I just want to tell you, I've come to preach about revival today. I've come to preach about revival, and I want God to talk to our hearts. I want to use as a a title today, the last part of verse number two. I want to preach on this subject, lengthen and strengthen. Lengthen and strengthen. Let's pray today. Would you help me pray that God would do what he intends to do in these next few minutes. Holy Ghost, we love you. God, we worship you. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost I feel. It means everything to me. God, I beg of you, would you come down as I have felt you in prayer into this sanctuary and God would you baptize some young people with old fashioned revelation conviction and hunger for revival 
we give you praise we thank you before we're seated we love you we lift up our hands and magnify you for you are great and you are greatly to be praised all oh, let's shout unto him let's love him why don't we thank him now for what he's going to do come on let's love him hallelujah I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen. And God bless you. You can be seated today. Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 3, is a text that's both a description as well as a formula for revival. And I... I said already that, that I am interested in revival. It's a beautiful word. And I want you to know again that I, <clears throat> I want, and I feel like I'm with a bunch of people that want an apostolic Holy Ghost revival. I believe I'm with young people that we believe in revival. And uh, we, we think about revival. We, I believe I'm with young people that that dream about revival. We pray about revival and we fast for revival and we're in churches that, that have revivals. And, and uh, when I speak of revival, I understand I'm, I'm, I'm using, it, using it in the typical sense that apostolics use. I'm, I'm talking about the whole package of, of growth and of ingathering. Anybody interested in revival on a Friday morning at peak? I want a revival. I want a revival. I want harvest. I want an ingathering of souls. I, I'm not afraid to tell you that I still get excited when somebody repents of their sins for the very first time. And if there's anything that makes me happy, it's when somebody comes and lifts their hands and God fills them with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. I tell you, I love to see somebody go down in the watery grave of baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. I am interested in revival. I want it. I want it. I believe for it. And I'll just tell you, I don't, I don't just want a little bit of revival. I'm not interested in just a little touch now and then, but I want a church-changing revival. I want one that fills up our empty chairs and packs the church out. And, and I'm not just interested in revival to a, a little degree. I, I want revival where, where miracles happen. Amen. I, I want the supernatural to happen. I, I still believe that we serve a God that's able, able to open blinded eyes. And he can, he can cause the deaf to hear. And it's not just a Bible doctrine that he's a healer. But I have seen cancers fall off of people. And, and I have seen that at least twice in my life. One, I was standing right there when it happened. The other time I walked up to the door uh, right after it. But I have seen the dead uh, come back to life by the power of God and I'm telling you I'm interested in that kind of a thing amen and I still believe he can heal diabetes and he can heal leukemia come on now he can heal asthma and if you got a hangnail he can take care of that if he's so inclined I'm interested in that kind of a revival today amen amen and I want the glory to fall I want the fire to fall I want to see the Shekinah glory of God and I'll just tell you quite frankly I'm not interested in a sham or a fake I'm not I don't I don't want some kind of a, a fleshy deal but I want the real thing I want a genuine move of the Holy Ghost 
Amen. But I'll tell you what excites me on this Friday morning is I believe I'm with a bunch of young people that have got the same desire. We want it. We want the glory of God. We want revival. We want in-gathering. We want a book of Acts experience. We want a Pentecost to come. Well, how do you feel that way today? I want my tent to be enlarged. I'm not interested in just being us four and no more. I'm thankful for the growth we've had in Rialto, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I want more. God, I want to enlarge my tent. I want to break forth on the right hand and on the left hand. I want the Gentiles to come. If you feel that way, clap your hands and lift your voice and let God know you're interested in revival. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. So we are interested in what Isaiah 54 has to tell us about revival. This, this, this passage, this text is talking about uh, enlarging the place of the tent. And I want you just to stay with me today for, for a few minutes. It, it's, it's, a, it's a word picture that, uh, that Isaiah is giving us of basically of a tent uh, being enlarged and he's dealing with the idea of 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 the cords uh, of the tent have to be extended and they have to go out further and and so lengthening is part of this revival process and also at the same time he says you've got to strengthen everybody say strengthen you've got to strengthen your stakes and that is the thing that the cords are tied to it's not enough just to grow. You've got to have some strength there. And he says both are necessary. And he says, in fact, you, you don't need to spare here. This is a place where one version puts it, you don't hold back. When you lengthen, you've got to do it with all your might. When, you, when you're reaching for souls, you've got to do it with everything that's in you. But also, on the other hand, when you're, when you're preaching strength, you've got to do it with everything that is in you. This is a description of a tent being set up. Now, I, I don't, I, I understand I'm, I'm here today. I don't, I don't know necessarily where you're at, but I, I'll, is there anybody here that likes to go camping? Okay. All right. God bless you. I don't. <laughs> my, I, well, I do if it's an RV on the beach. That's my idea of camping. I like s'mores and I like sitting around a campfire, but I don't like sleeping bags very much. And, and uh, maybe I got burned out when I was a kid. I don't know. And the problem is, is I've got uh, two boys. They're seven and five, and they're interested in camping. And uh, so we, we tried to, I don't know, try to deal with that a little bit by letting them, we were going to camp out in the backyard. <laughs> it's a little easier. Yeah, we'll try that. And, and, and I did everything after we got in there. As that sleeping bag and the floor, the ground got harder and harder. I did everything to discourage them to go back into the house. You guys ready to go back yet? No, that is great. We're in the backyard. And finally, I started telling scary stories. And I think it was about the fourth story about the axe murderer down the street that, that did it. And we went back inside. Amen. And I went to my bed. And, and one of the things I don't like about camping is is the whole tent camping gear thing 
Now some of you, I apologize. You, you have like a lifetime subscription to Cabela's and I apologize. But I just, I, I have to borrow everything when I go camping. And, but there's guys in our church for that annual men and boys camp out. They dream about it all year. And they've got the tents that you push a button and they pop out. Boom. And a little man jumps out and, fo- and folds their sleeping bag and puts a mint on their pillow. They've got battery-powered heated socks and boots with flashlights and GPS. And I'm over there trying to set up my tent. And, uh, but I, and I, sorry, I'm not all that much into it, but, but you know, you just got to do what you got to do sometimes. And, and uh, one thing I do know when you set up this tent, and I, I, I do have a tent, I want you to know it's in my garage. Uh, but, but the parts are never all there. I get it out and, and then I begin to set it up. And usually what happens is one of the men from the, the church feels sorry for me and comes over and helps me finish up the tent. I've got this system down really good. And, uh, but one of the things I'm always forgetting is the stakes for the tent. Usually what happens is they're, they're used, uh, and if you don't believe in Christmas, forgive me, but uh, for our, our mechanical reindeer that we set up in December in our front yard and to stake them down so the wind doesn't blow them over. So when it's July and it's time to go camping, I have no stakes. And can I tell you, they're kind of important. Because if the wind blows, that tent's going to go tumbling over. And that's exactly what this passage is talking about. you got to have your cords. Now I know a lot of these newfangled tents don't have cords anymore. they got the rods that go through. But think of the tabernacle. That was a, a classic Bible tent. And, and it required both these cords and these stakes and 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 you read in 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 the the book of exodus when when god told them you're going to build this tent tabernacle for me he let them know that that he it was part of the blueprint it was part of his planning that he wanted it to have pins or stakes and it was designed to have cords it was in the original blueprint and then four chapters later in Exodus 39 when they actually built it the Bible says that they built it like the blueprint the church was made like the blueprint asked them to make it there were cords and there were stakes that were nailed down tight into the ground and I want you to notice a couple things before we get to where we're headed the Bible lets us know that both the tabernacle and the outer court had these uh, cords and these stakes. It was, they both had to lengthen and strengthen. It was both the inner part of the tabernacle and the outer part of the tabernacle. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I do want to encourage you today. Understand that both the inner man and the outer man has to be lengthened and strengthened. We, we got to grow in every direction. Is there anybody that wants to be everything that God wants me to be? Amen. And I, I don't, I don't want to bore you today, but but there were two main groups that were designed to carry the tabernacle. They were the, of the Le- Levitical uh, class. And the first were the Gershonites. And these, these uh, the Bible says that they dealt with all the, the, the software, the curtains and so on of the tabernacle. And they, uh, they used cords in their work. And then there was the Mirrorites. These were the ones that, that carried all the heavy stuff, the hardware of the tabernacle. And they used pins and cords. And, and, and my, my, my purpose in going there is I want you to understand it was part of the plan of God for the building of the tabernacle. 
It was part of building the church. You had to have cords. You had to lengthen. You had to have stakes. You had to strengthen. And I want to preach today a basic premise to this young a group of young people. That part of revival in the church, it includes lengthening and it includes strengthening. I want to say again, I want to grow. I want to lengthen. This passage in Isaiah is all about growth. It's talking about enlarging the tent and stretching forth the curtain. Now that's fun. I like that. I'm interested in that. It says they break forth on the right hand and on the left hand. That sounds like the kind of church I want to be a part of. goes on to say that if you do this you'll inherit the Gentiles that means that there's people that are going to come if you'll prepare the church right and I'll just stop and say this I rebuke the lie that says there are nobody else interested in what we've got to give I've come to tell you there's a whole world that's lost and hungry they may not know what they're hungry for but if we'll get the church ready they will come they will come come on now do you believe that they will come oh, Hallelujah! if you believe that clap your hands and lift your voice to the Lord give God praise and thanks they will come amen amen you can be seated and so this lengthening it speaks of stretching sometimes God wants you to stretch a little bit this lengthening it it refers to increase it refers to growth and evangelism it it reflects an idea or an attitude that says I don't have enough yet is there anybody that feels that way this ain't big enough this ain't all God wants to do Oh, I hope you feel that way. And if you don't, I pray by the end of this message that God will stir your spirit a little bit and wake you out of that slumber. That, Pastor, you'll get a new appreciation of the fact that God is interested in adding to the church. That, young person, you'll get a new desire. I'm not just here to fill up a pew. I'm here to grow. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. And I want to tell you something else. This growth... It was supposed to happen all around the tabernacle. That means it was supposed to happen in all directions. That means we need to grow in every direction. You need to grow in your prayer life. You need to grow in the word. Young person, you ought to grow in wisdom. You don't need to always think like you're 11 years old. You need to grow in maturity. You need to grow in knowledge and understanding. You need to grow in common sense and conviction. You need to grow in power and might. You need to grow in faith. You need to grow in vision. You need to grow in ability. I'm talking about growth. I pray God would stir something that would say, I, I want to be more for God. This ain't enough. And I'm not just interested in growing individually. I want us to grow collectively. I'm looking around and I'm excited about what God is doing at peak 2015. I believe there's growth happening in our churches reflected in this conference. I believe collectively we're growing in prayer. Collectively we're growing in word and wisdom and power. But we're also growing in number. Hallelujah. It's okay to pray and say, God, fill my church. Fill my church. Add to the church daily. Such as should be saved. 
Amen. I believe your choir can be bigger next year than it is this year. I believe your Sunday school department can be bigger next month than it is this month. I believe your church can have more daughter works than it has right now. I believe you can teach more Bible studies. You can have more fishing holes. You can be reaching in schools and high schools and colleges. Come on, every healthy saint ought to say, I want to grow. Every preacher ought to say, I want to grow. I'm not content. I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to lengthen. I want to strengthen. I want to be a revival church. If you feel that way, clap your hands and let God know we're interested in revival. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't want to be a smart aleck, but I want God to know it's not just a, it's, oh, I just got to say it. It's not just the liberals that are interested in revival. It's, it's not just the, oh God, there's some apostolic conservatives that want revival. We want it. We dream about it. Come on, do you believe that? Do you feel that? Do you? want that on a Friday morning can anybody lift your hands and make it a prayer request come on from your heart scream unto the Lord God send revival to my church come on let him know let him know hallelujah hallelujah I like that I believe the Holy Ghost likes that I believe devils tremble when young people say, I want revival. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Somebody shout revival. revival. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Everybody say lengthen. We got to grow. We got to increase. But I do want to preach today that revival has two parts. And, and both are essential. And I want to go on record and tell the devil he ain't taking either one away from this preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. And it, it's, it's, it's no good uh, if, we, if we just have one of those things. Amen. Lengthening the cords is essential. But can I just tell you, and I want you to follow me. Without something for that tent cord to tie to. Without some stakes. Without some pins. Without some foundational points to tie our growth to, that tent is just going to lay flat on the ground. Are you listening? You can lengthen all day long, but without stakes and pins, it's just a waste of time and energy. And, and, and sometimes you've seen it, I've seen it. It'll, it'll result in complete destruction of the church. I want to tell you, if, if you're going to be reaching and not tying to stakes, you either need to reduce your cords and go back to the original's length, or you need to strengthen your stakes. I'll never forget in 2007, Brother Marks, Cody Marks, was preaching a revival in Rialto. And uh, we, we had a, a tent crusade. It was an exciting time. Got this big old tent. It, it seated around 1,500. And I won't go into all of it, but we prayed for, for you know, we're in Southern California. We prayed there'd be no wind. We prayed there'd be no rain. But we forgot to pray that God wouldn't send snow in Southern California. 
And lo and behold, it did snow. But we still had a good time in the Lord. A bunch of people got the Holy Ghost and it was, it was an incredible, incredible time. But it was so impressive to see this huge tent being lifted into the air, soaring into the air. I mean, it was just unreal how it went up all of a moment. They put the center pole up and it just, it stood up. And, and, uh, but just as impressive to me, I'll never forget, was, was how they nailed the stakes to the ground. First of all, they were big stakes. They were probably three or four feet long. And they would, they would put them <clears throat> to the ground and they used these eight pound sledgehammers to beat them in. They'd put as many as, they put two guys on one stake, alternating, boom, boom. And sometimes they'd put three at a whack, boom, boom, boom. And I was over there and my carnal nature was going, maybe their timing will get off and I'll just get to see something really cool. But they never did. Boom, boom, boom. Think about it, eight pound sledgehammers in perfect rhythm beating those stakes down into the ground. I'm going to tell you, the wind came. God loved us and blessed a hundred plus, got the Holy Ghost, but He didn't answer our, our wind prayer. And He didn't answer the snow prayer. But, but because there were stakes into the ground, that tent stayed where it was supposed to be. And I'm going to tell you, this church, when we experience the growth that we're pressing for, the more we lengthen, the more we grow, the greater the need to strengthen the stakes. I'm going to just tell you, some stakes need to be strengthened. And I'm going to do it this morning. I know you've heard it, but there's new young people here. There's young people at crossroads of life. There's young preachers that are being pulled a million different directions. They're being pulled by some that say grow, but just you got to do that. You got to leave some things behind. And so I have come with a mission to preach revival and I've come to preach it like this. I've come to beat some stakes into the ground and encourage you to lengthen from there. And one of the streaks that I've come to start by preaching, it ought not surprise you, is I've come to preach about the oneness of God. I've come to tell somebody that this is not a sideline issue. Young preacher, I don't know who you've been talking to. I don't know what forums you've been on, but this is not semantics. This is non-negotiable. This is non-debatable. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it, but we're not moving this stake. I'm just coming today to drive it deeper than ever before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you might be wondering how I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach it like I heard Brother Scott Graham preach it one time. He said God had been dealing with him about preaching the oneness to young people. And he was trying to think of clever ways to introduce it, to preach it, to put it together. And he said God dealt with him. And God said, this is how you preach it. He said, you rear back and you do this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Isaiah 9 and 6 For unto us a child is born And unto us a son is given And the government shall be upon his shoulder And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor The Mighty God The Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace Isaiah 42 and 8 I am the Lord That is my name And my glory will I not give to another Neither my praise to graven images Isaiah 43 and 10 Ye are my witnesses saith the Lord And my servant whom I have chosen That ye may know and believe me And understand that I am he Before me there was no God formed Neither shall there be after me Ephesians 4 and 5 One Lord Come on say it with me One Lord One faith 
one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. Galatians 3 and 20 says, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. You know what I'm doing? I'm beating the stake down. I've come to beat it down tight because I want revival. Brother Adams, I'm dreaming about revival. I wake up thinking about it. I go to bed thinking about it. I want revival. And we're going to only do it if we've got the stake down right. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Amen, I want you to hear me. You can come or, or stand. I, I'm not offended either way. I'm going to just preach it till I'm done. We don't just believe in one God and give lip service to that. We believe that one God was incarnated in flesh. Oh, yes, we do. Matthew 1 and 21, she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. This was a fulfillment of an Isaiah prophecy that said, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. I believe John 1 verses 1 and 14 still in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made of flesh I'm gonna nail the stake down of 1st Timothy 3 and 16 you may have heard it a hundred times but listen we're gonna go further than we've ever gone I want to go further than my daddy went one of the greatest men of God I've ever met but he wants me to go further and you want to go further we want revival Nathan Cox don't stop where your daddy stopped go see revival further and deeper and more powerful but it's not gonna happen if you back up on this message we still believe that God was manifest in the flesh and justified in the spirit and of angels and preached unto the Gentiles and received up into glory. If you feel that, worship the Lord with me right now. Amen. And I certainly don't want to be a smart aleck about the most beautiful message in the world. But I've got to tell somebody, we don't believe, even though we believe one God incarnated in flesh, we don't believe in a trinity. We don't believe in a triune God. Let me stop and say this. If you're, if you're saying, you know, that's just old-fashioned, come on, some of you young guys just think you got to get up and flex your muscles. Let me just tell you where I'm coming from. I'm preaching revival. I'm preaching growth. I want these guys to go further than I ever go. I want them to see more. I, I, quite frankly, I want them to pastor mega churches and have daughter works all across their state. But that's not going to happen if we back up from the oneness of God. And so we don't believe that Jesus is a second person in the Godhead. We don't believe that Jesus is Jehovah Junior or some kind of subordinate deity. But we believe that he is the image of the invisible God. We believe that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. In fact, in the book of John, 
This is how important it is. I'm going to beat this stake down. I'm going to get it down. This is not semantics. It's not something we can agree to disagree about. But the Bible says in John 8, in verse 24, Jesus said, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. And this is why. For if ye, listen young preacher, Jesus said, if ye believe not that I am he, if you don't believe that I am the father, if you don't believe that I am the father, he didn't just say, well, you're just going to be a little less blessed, revelatory. You're going to have a little less revelation, but you'll still slip in. Jesus said this, if you don't believe that I am the father, you may not have every nuance of the oneness of God figured out. You may be a brand new convert, and, but, but you got to believe that he's the father. You got to confess that he is come in the flesh. Jesus said, if you believe not that I am, uh, that I am here. He, he shall die in your sins. This is a big deal. This is an important stake. We got to nail it down because I want to see revival. I want growth. I want in gathering. I want my city to be shaken by the power of the revelation of who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I got to move. But can I tell you another stake that I'm going to take some real time to nail down today? And some of you are going to say, well, how cute. Look at the little preacher do it again. They think they got to do it again. But really, I do think I got to do it again. Because I feel like God wants to use some young men. And you have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You got to have it in the marrow of your bones and down in your gut. That you must, you must, you must be born again of the water and the spirit. Jesus said it like this. Luke chapter 13 verses 3 and 5. He used the same words. He said, except you, be, uh, he said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. In chapter 24 of Luke verse 49, he said repentance should be preached in Jerusalem. Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost like this. He told Nicodemus, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In John chapter 7, he stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. Jesus talked about baptism. He said in John chapter 3 verse 5, you got to be born of the water. Mark chapter 16 verse 16, he got so emphatic, he said, he that, uh, uh, talked about the fact that, that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I didn't say that. In fact, can I tell you this? I got help with my notes here. It wasn't my mom that helped me. My wife didn't write my notes. Even my dad didn't help me with my notes. I went to a much higher source. I plagiarized directly from the Bible. And this is what the Bible tells me, that there was a man by the name of Peter that was standing there when Jesus was preaching. Brother, I like that. We may just pass that around and let them brain themselves. No, we won't. My Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. I feel like having church around here. These will stay on the platform. But I want to tell you something. Peter was there when Jesus preached repentance. And Jesus preached the Holy Ghost. And Jesus preached baptism. Listen 
to me. In fact, Peter was there in Acts, or Luke chapter 24, verse 49, when Jesus said that repentance, everybody say repentance, and that remission of sins, say remission of sins, should be preached in his name. What's his name? Among all nations. Say among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. Somebody say Jerusalem. Peter was there when Jesus said preach repentance. Say repentance. And remission of sins. Say remission of sins. And he said do it in what name? Among all nations. Say it. Starting at Jerusalem. Say Jerusalem. And that's why in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come. The Bible says in verse number 5 that were Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. They were in Jerusalem. And the Bible says that one of the most powerful, provoking, eternal questions was asked to Peter. Verse number 37. The men and brethren looked at Peter and they said, You gotta tell us. We gotta know. What? Should we do? Listen, young men, young ladies, there's going to be times when somebody's going to come to you and want to know. They don't need you whiffling, waffling. Uh, they don't need you backtracking. They don't need you wondering. They need that state driven down so deep. They need you to stand up and answer what Jesus said. And can I tell you what Peter's answer was? Jerusalem among all nations ringing in his ears the words of Jesus dangling in his pockets uh, the keys to the kingdom Peter stood and said repent I want that to hit you like a load of bricks repent you're not going to get the Holy Ghost if you don't repent we're going to see thousands get it but they start with repentance they start by saying I'm sorry they start by crying they start by saying forgive me Somebody shout, repent! Amen, amen. But he didn't stop there. He didn't just say, accept the Lord and come to the Lord. I'm really a little, I want to be careful, but I'm a little tired of people being too careful with our Bible terminology. I don't like being in conferences where they're afraid to use Bible terminology. I don't mind saying I received the Lord because I guess I did, but that's not my first stop. I don't, and, and, and I know, I guess you could even say some way you accept the Lord. And I came to Jesus. But can I tell you, when you get up and preach, use Bible terminology. I tell you, I, I, oh God have mercy. I, I want my babies to be apostolic. I don't want half charismatic, half apostolic. When I preach, I'm going to say you get the Holy Ghost talking in tongues. I'm not just going to talk about coming to Jesus. I'm going to talk about going down in the baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Do you believe it? Do you want it? Do you love it? Is it in your gut, in your heart, in your soul? Come on, I believe right now it's time for somebody to take this down in your spirit from front to back. I want us to lift our hands. Let's receive what God is doing. Holy Ghost. I feel conviction coming. You know what my prayer is? That revelation would baptize this place.
Amen, amen. I want to drive another stake home because I want revival. I want Holy Ghost revival. I want tongue talking revival. I want the supernatural. I want ears to be unstopped. I want the blinded eyes to be open. But I want to preach to peak. And I got company here that believes it just like I do. This ain't going to happen without the stake. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Of holiness, of righteousness, of godliness. And here's the cool part. It's not like, oh, here, you know, I got you excited about the other. Here's the bad stuff. This is the most beautiful thing in all the world. I love him. I love Jesus. He's been so good to me. And he is such a good, clean, pristine God. His nature is holy. It only makes sense that I would try to, when that Holy Ghost comes in me, that I would be holy. When people would get a devil in the Bible, an evil spirit, you know what they would do? They didn't run to church and, you know, and pay their tithes. When they got an evil spirit, they, they frothed and jumped in the fire and then in the water and ripped their clothes off and broke chains and chased people. That's what an evil spirit will do. You know what a Holy Spirit will do? You'll put your clothes on and go to church and pay your tithes and love God. And I believe that every part of us ought to be holy. I believe our, our, our clothing ought to be holy. My, my hands ought to be holy hands. My conversation ought to be a holy conversation. My faith ought to be a holy faith. My body ought to be holy. My spirit ought to be holy. Amen. In fact, in fact, I'm going to drive some stakes home. Deuteronomy 22 and 5 still says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is to drive a stake home. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 9 says, In like manner also the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. I believe that verse still applies. We ought to be modest, not wearing immodest clothing. Aren't you glad that we can dress pleasing to God? I'm not interested in my church representing revival with tight clothing. The women with short skirts, low necklines, the men dressing ungodly. I want an apostolic, one God church for when the revival comes, I can reach, I can lengthen, I can grow because I've got some stakes driven down into the ground. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 11 still applies. Men and women's hair is still a Bible issue. And let me deal with with some of this. Maybe you you think you're the internet guru and you can find all this good stuff and you know more than your pastor. First Corinthians 11 still applies. It's not a cultural thing. It's still dealing with divine order of authority. It's as timeless as anything. And it's interesting to me that 1 Corinthians 11 is the same chapter that deals with communion. Nobody talks about the Lord's Supper as though that was just for that day for the Corinthians. 
Same chapter. Hair is not a cultural thing. Further in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 11, it says that this is revealed to be not a, a matter not for contention in any of the churches of God. Amen. We don't cut our hair. We don't trim our hair. We don't burn it off. Girls. Guys, we cut our hair. Aren't you glad that we can represent this? You know what my prayer is if I'm preaching? That's a sweet... Listen, listen, listen. My prayer as I preach this is that the sweet, holy God would back this up and that somehow my flesh could get out of the way. And that the sweet, sweet, sweet Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the sweet, sweet, sweet Holy Ghost would somehow... My flesh could disappear and you could receive the beauty of holiness, the joy of holiness, of worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. That when you go and preach, young man, you'll preach it with a sweet spirit. You won't preach it from an angry attitude unless God impulses you to do it, but you'll preach it just like God gives it to you. And that from that place, you'll have revival. That place you'll have ingathering of souls. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I'm going to just tell you, jewelry is still not not what apostolics are supposed to have a part of. Listen, both the apostle to the Gentiles, Paul, and the apostle to the Jews, Peter, gave the same prohibition against wearing of gold. 1 Timothy 2 and 9, Paul said about wearing of gold. 1 Peter 3 and 3, Peter deals with the same issue. I'm preaching today. It's in your Bible. Get it in your gut. Where's that sledgehammer? Beat it on the ground for me. I want somebody to get it. Get it. We don't have it. We don't go there. We're apostolic and we're interested in revival. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Alrighty, I want to preach a little more. Amen. I still believe that one of the stakes we need to nail down tight is the idea of having our entertainment ought to be clean and pure and right. Now listen, I know that we live in the 21st century. I know there's every shade of gray out there. And if we're not careful, sometimes, young man, you'll be afraid. Man, how am I going to deal with this stuff? Well, let me tell you, God designed it to be that way. He wants every generation to have their own giants to deal with. He wants you to deal with. He didn't want a bunch of sissies that don't know how to preach, that don't know how to buck up, that don't know how a forehead, like flint and a backbone that's like a saw log. Come on now. He doesn't want some of the third, fourth generation preachers that don't know how to get behind the pulpit and have some conviction. Come on, there's nothing wrong with having to wrestle with some things. But on the other hand, listen to me. This Bible deals with it. Receive that. There's some peace that ought to come from that. God's Bible was not surprised by the 21st century. God was, it doesn't wake up and go, oh my word, YouTube. Now what do we do? But the, the same principles work. Same principles work. Your eyes need to be clean. You need to protect yourself. Psalm 101 and 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Psalm 101 and 7. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. Listen. Listen. Even here in Tulsa. Okay. 
this is like churchy capital of the world, right? Even in Tulsa, there's billboards and stuff. You got to go like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with you people? There's stuff all over the place, everywhere you go. Back home, it's on the buses. It's everywhere. It's just like you got to cover your eyes. I can't, I can't deal with that. I mean, we could get together and make a big petition to Tulsa and say, you know what? We came from all over the world and we want you to change your billboards to make them more uh, godly. Okay? Where we live in holiness. They would probably laugh at us. I can't deal with what's out there. But I can deal with what is in my house. I can. And that's a good place to start. I'm going to keep my house clean. I'm going to keep my heart clean. I'm going to keep my spirit clean. I got so many verses I could choke a horse, but I, I got to just stop somewhere. Deuteronomy 7.26, neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thy house. Can I tell you, an abomination is always an abomination. If, if it, that is, if it's an abomination unto God. The abominations to, to the Jews, such as eating seafood and stuff, that was just to the Jews. We can eat seafood. Go eat shrimp today after church. Go eat pork. If you ate bacon for church, you are cool, you're fine, don't feel condemned. But an abomination to God is still an abomination. A lying tongue is still an abomination to God. A proud look is still an abomination to God. Hands that shed innocent blood are still an abomination. A woman wearing men's apparel and vice versa is still an abomination to God. And the Bible says, don't bring it into your house. Not even if it's in a box. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, television is all about bringing an abomination into your house. Hallelujah. And Hollywood, Hollywood, it's all about bringing an abomination into your house. That's what it's all about. I'm talking about television and the Hollywood genre. And if you're here today and you're saying, you know, well, what's Hollywood and what's not Hollywood? I don't mean just the city in L.A. I'm talking about the movie industry that's pumping junk. There, there's actually a Bollywood in India. Don't bring that into your house. There, there's stuff all over the world. Okay, if it's, if it's the Hollywood movie industry, you're smart enough to know what I'm talking about. I, I Listen, I can't stay. I'd have to be here all day long and have a... We'd have, your pastor's book of standards would be the size of the IRS code if you don't use your brain. But we're growing in wisdom. And we understand that Hollywood and television, it, it brings junk. It brings an abomination into my house. And I don't want it. And think about it. This is why. Because I want revival. I want revival. I'm dreaming about revival. I go to sleep thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. That's why you fast. That's why you go without food. That's why you pray. That's why you dream. That's why you get up on Saturday morning and go to outreach. I want revival. And so I'm willing to live holy. I'm willing to walk holy. I love it. I love it. I love it. If you feel that way, lift your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not done, but I can kind of see light at the end of the tunnel. For those of you that maybe only got the two hours sleep. I mentioned YouTube. Okay? Let me just talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it reasonably. Let's be intellectually and scripturally honest. First principle, 
If you've got a man of God that's already dealt with it, go with what he said. He's the man of God. But I'm going to tell you something. Maybe this will give some of you young preachers a little bit of, I can do this kind of feeling. I can do this. I can do it in the 21st century. I can do this. God's word works. God's word works. God's word works. Hallelujah. Amen. I know YouTube has audio content. It's got visual content. And again, this is just me. And I apologize if I offend somebody. I'm not trying to. But there's educational stuff on there. A while back, I was singing a song about Davy Crockett. My son wanted me to look it up. I looked it up. And where did it? it pops up in YouTube, of course. So I played it for him in YouTube. He listened to the song. I, I, there, there's, there's content that's decent. But the principle is still the same. It's still right. If Hollywood and television is wrong, then I don't watch it on, on YouTube either. There you go. Hallelujah. Listen, if a two-hour movie is wrong, then I don't want to watch it in 30-second increments. Hallelujah. 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 Let me talk about something else. Listen, listen to your pastor. He'll help you. But this is just me thinking. I've worked, I want to work through this stuff. Because, I, man, I want revival. And I'm going to have people coming from all walks of life. And I want to have some answers. I don't want to be a fool. I, you know, you, you, you think about this. Okay, so movies, television, what is all that? What about Veggie Tales? My kids would really enjoy Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales is Christian. It's a, it's a Christian cucumber. I know that from their books, in case you're wondering where I'm going. I think Veggie Tales probably doesn't, isn't going to send your soul to hell. But let me tell you something. I don't have it and you ought not. And let me tell you why. Because Junior at four years old may like VeggieTales. But Junior at 12 and at 15 is not going to want VeggieTales. And I, listen, and I want revival. And I don't just want revival when Junior is five years old. I want revival when Junior is 16. And I want to look down the road a little bit and say, Jesus, give me ongoing apostolic revival. You'll help me. You'll direct me. I know times change. I know the culture changes. But the word of God stands as sure. And if I can get the word of God down in my soul, if I can strengthen the stakes, if I can get the oneness and the new birth in your gut and this holiness message, we can have revival. I'm telling you, we can have revival and we'll be all right. Come on, I've come to tell you, it's time for revival. It's time for revival. It's time for Holy Ghost apostolic enlargement. You ought to praise him in the mezzanine. You ought to praise him in the altar. You ought to praise him in the front, in the back, and side to side. Let's lift our voice and give God some praise. Come on. Do you want revival? Let's give him praise. Mom and dad, you believe this? Preachers, you believe this? Mom and dad, be strong enough to model this for your kids. I'm going to tell you, if you're listening online, 
And you think this hinders revival? You're crazy. This is revival. Lengthening and strengthening. You want to drag a, a cord around your shoulder? I see people doing that all day long. They've ripped the stakes out of the ground. They're marching with the cords on their shoulder. They're, they're way out left field. They think they're having revival, but they've left it. There's no tent rising into the air. There's no tabernacle. They're just adding water to the soup. They've done nothing. It's just runaway growth. It's cancerous. It's pointless. But I've come to tell you, when you got the stakes tied down and you're lengthening, that's revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a couple verses and we're going to be done. We're going to let God talk to us. Because this is what I want. I, I believe while I was preaching. I believe while I was preaching. There were some stakes getting nailed down. But I also believe when I'm done. I'm going to open this altar. And listen, we can't all fit here. But if you're up there and you're getting this. If you can make it down here, great. But if you can't. In this altar call today. My prayer is God. Would you open the windows of heaven? God, would you let revelation, your doctrine fall like the rain? Would you let this doctrine fall on young men and young women? Drive it down deep into their spirit. That flaming evangelist can go forth from this place and see revival like the world has never seen. And so in just a moment, I'm going to open this altar give you a couple verses Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 20 gives a description of what happens listen don't get don't don't disconnect from me yet of what happens when the cords are disconnected from the from the stakes when you're building a tent this is what the Bible says Jeremiah said my tabernacle is spoiled all my cords are broken my children I love our young people my children are gone forth of me and they are not. There is none to stretch forth my tent anymore and to set up my curtains. I'm not here to put a downer, but I have seen people breaking the cords loose from the stakes. And what they've got is a tabernacle lying flat on the ground and young people walking away wholesale from God because there's nothing there. And when the young people are gone, there'll never be anything there. There's nobody to set the tent up. There's nobody to set up the curtains. A disconnect from cords from stakes. It, it all comes crashing down. The children leave. They are not. I'm going to tell you this. I want the backsliders to have somewhere to come back to. I, I preach it at my church, but listen to me. I pledge to God. And I pledge to Inland Lighthouse. And I pledge to the backsliders of my area. The Father's house will not be changed when you come home. By the grace of God, I owe it to them, Brother Looper. I owe it to them that it'll be the same when they come in. I'm going to be preaching what a difference a line can make. Not because my daddy preached it, but because I found it in the Bible. I'm going to preach what a line, difference a line can make. Because it's doctrine. When that backslider comes home, they're not going to come in and see a tent lying flat on the ground. But listen to this. 
There is an alternative that the Bible describes in Isaiah 33. When somebody's built the tabernacle according to the plan. The Bible says in Isaiah 33 and 20, it's a description of a church that lengthens and strengthens. It says this, look upon Zion. Look upon Zion, the city of our solemnities. Thine eyes shall see Jerusalem, a quiet habitation, a tabernacle that shall not be taken down. Not one of the stakes thereof shall ever be removed. Neither shall any of the cords thereof be broken. Did you hear that? Not one cord broken. Not one stake removed. Not one. Not one. Not one. Not one. Not ever. Not on my watch. Is that how you feel? Not now. Not in the future. Not ever. Not ever. Because I want revival. I want a tabernacle that's high and holy and glorious. I want revival that goes from the east to the west. Does anybody want to enlarge your tent? Does anybody want to stretch forth your curtain? Does anybody want to break forth on the right and on the left? Last thing I'll say and then I'm done. And the Holy Ghost is here to drive some stakes down. I'll never forget Brother Randy Keyes preaching one of the most powerful concepts. I caught it. I got it. He said, there is a lie that says you cannot have revival if you preach holiness. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. But Brother Keyes went on to say there's another lie that says if you preach revival, then you're going to sabotage your holiness. But I'm going to tell you, that's a lie. That's a lie. And Brother Keyes summed it up like this. He said they're both the same lie. Because revival, and I'm using, I'm now adding a little bit. This is the Joel Booker version. Revival is lengthening and strengthening. It's part of the package. You pull one out, you lost the whole thing. You pull the other one out, you lost the whole thing. But an apostolic church that says, I want both. I want doctrine. I'm locked in right there to the oneness. I'm locked in. Do you hear me? I ain't going, Daddy. I'm, I'm not leaving it. I'm not leaving it. I'm not leaving it. I'm not leaving it. The new birth message. I'll never forget hearing... A tape of Brother Von Morton. He heard, he sent me a tape, and he was he was he was just ripping through stuff. He was nailing it. It was so powerful. He, he was he was preaching. What saith the Scripture? And the Scripture saith a lot. In case you're wondering, and he saith them. He saith them. And 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 he got to this one point. He's in John three, and he's preaching. And he's and he and I'm listening to my bed. It's just on an old cassette. That's how long ago it was. I'm listening to it. And he got to where it said, verse number seven, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must, must be born again. I was sitting there, I was only half listening, but when he said that, it's like he had brought out a sledgehammer. And I stopped him by the deeds and I went back over the tape player and I rewound it. And he said it again, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must born again. 
I went back, I rewound that tape, and it still said it. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, if you're wondering why I'm preaching this, I was raised in a preacher's home, and I believe that. But I can't really explain what happened that day. But as Brother Morton was preaching, there was a stake driven down in my soul. It's part of me more than my name. It's part of me more than my social security number. It's who I am. When I die by God's grace, if they ask me how to be saved, I'm going to say, you must, you must, you must, you must, you must be born again. And if God will allow me, I know there's times and seasons and revival happens. You know, it's all God's hands, but I'm reaching for it. I'm pulling, but I ain't ever pulling up that stake. When I get out there and God gives me whatever he wants to give me, it's going to be preached like this. You must, you must, you must, you must. Come on, say it with me. You must, you must say it loud. You must, you must, you must. Come on, say it like a preacher. You must be born again and right now I feel the Holy Ghost want to baptize you with a spirit of revelation I feel the Holy Ghost want to baptize you with an absolute assurance there's one God his name is Jesus new birth talking in tongues if you've been waffling about this holiness message I want you to find a place right now where you can talk to God and I want you to lift your hands as high as you can lift them. What kind of church is this? That's it. Come on. Come on. What kind of church That's it. is this? Come on. Let the Holy Ghost baptize you. What kind of church is this? sing this in just a moment but I want you right now come on we're gonna go eat we're gonna have incredible church tonight but this is where we're headed it's state driving time it's revival time it's strengthening time come on I want you to lift your hands right now and say God baptize me with revelation I open my heart I open my mind I open my spirit that's it come on cry out to him from the front to the back let him baptize you with revelation with understanding Yeah!